Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Welcome back, Mike. Thanks, Wendy. I'm excited to be back in uh, 20 degrees. Oh, it's warm this week. It was 45 degrees yesterday. Yes, it was. It was really nice this weekend. I got back on uh, late Friday night. Now, I know it's still like half as warm as it was where you were. Right. It was uh, 82 degrees constantly (laughs) uh, where I was in, in San Juan in Puerto Rico this past week. And it wasn't just vacation. In fact, I didn't even put my foot into the ocean. What? One time. That seems impossible. Well, I spent a lot of time right next to the ocean and looking around. But okay. uh, I was going down there and collecting ghost stories at different places. Ah, my kind of vacation. Yes, for a potential <laughs> uh, San Juan Haunted History Tour. And, you know, the last time I'd gone there... Uh, and we'd taken a, like an evening walking tour. I asked the tour guide, I'm like, hey, do these places have any ghost stories? And the woman gave me like a look sideways. She's like, well, no. She's like, we're hmm. Catholic. We don't believe in ghosts. Oh, wow. And I'm like. What about the Holy Ghost? Right. I didn't say that. I'm not a. <laughs> I wasn't going to be snarky. <laughs> what about the Holy Ghost? <laughs> but I did. I said, but that's interesting, though, that they didn't want to even broach the topic with you she didn't want to broach the topic with me uh-huh. so i'm like you know what uh i was raised catholic and all the catholics i know love ghost stories so <laughs> even if it's not you know kosher with uh the religion and i know i'm mixing my metaphors there even if it's not the same you know i thought let's just find out and then um we went there with our friend vic who's been on the podcast before telling us about the midget mansion in san antonio yeah and you know he speaks spanish like a pro and so i I thought i could use that help talking to people and then when i couldn't explain a certain thing or whatever he could come through it anyway it turned out that uh like every place we went to somebody had a story it's a very 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 haunted island then yeah totally it was great so one of the hotels that was rumored to have a story we walk in and the bartender's like well I used to be a sensitive, and I, I feel these things, and, and let me show you where I felt them. And they just take us in little tours and closed Incredible. rooms and things like that. Yeah, it was really, it was really exciting. So uh, I'm looking forward to sharing more of that with you guys uh, once that uh, tour is developed and once we once we get that going. Well, I so. can't wait to uh, buy my tickets for the tour. <laughs> that's so. right. <laughs> Preferably in the wintertime sometime. Yes, that's the perfect time to go, especially because it's not as rainy. Because like any place that's temperate or whatever, they have a, a oh, rainy season. Yeah. But I got to say, beautiful place. It was nice to come home to 40 degrees and then uh, go take the little one to see Santa and things like that yesterday. All right. And this episode is about weird Christmas traditions. I think a weird Christmas tradition is the fact that we torture our children with pictures <laughs> of Santa Claus. <laughs> and like we've all seen those pictures of kids just screaming their heads off. Oh my gosh, it's the saddest thing, like walking past the mall Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Just one kid after the next freaking out crying it's it's sad <laughs> it's fun. i mean it's sad but it's also a little bit funny <laughs> it's funny nice no it, it's funny but kind of messed up really when you think about it yeah well we went on we went on saturday morning and adeline who's just a little over two she's 
walks up just apprehensive. But all morning, she's like, we're going to see Santa? We're going to see Santa? I'm like, yeah. So she's excited about it. And she knows that Santa brings treats. And uh, so we're standing there, and then we're next in line. And I put her down, and she's holding my hand, and she's just staring at him the mo- super intensely <laughs> with, like, one single tear going down oh, her no. cheek. Oh. So we couldn't tell. We couldn't tell if she was, you know, scared or she was so excited to see him that she yeah. was crying. Emotions at that age kind of flip from one to the next with no oh, warning. So. <laughs> you know, yep, no warning this morning. Oh, yes. But the thing is just staring at him so intensely, like one single tear. And I'm like, you all right? She's like, oh, yeah. And so she goes up and sits with him. Uh, you know, she asks just or he asks what she likes, whatever. She's just like, you know, treats. And uh, come bringing presents, that kind of thing. It was very cute. Uh-huh. And uh, got a couple nice pictures. But it just made me laugh so hard. The, <laughs> it's the really idea. funny. Because the other kids in front of us were, ah! Yeah. It was like Santa was stabbing them. Well, they have those contests. You know, if you search online, they have the contests of the kids crying on Santa's lap pictures. Mm. And some of them just break your heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, in, in, as a collection, it's quite hilarious. Yeah, the, the kids being stabbed by Santa Claus. Um, and so, but that's a weird Christmas tradition right there. Like even just like freaking your children out by, even though it's not particularly paranormal. Well, I mean, it is paranormal because we're taking them to someone dressed up like a mythical creature. Yeah. Who lives in the North Pole and flies in a sleigh? Yeah. So I guess the whole thing's paranormal, especially since reading up on the real life Santa sightings. People have seen more since we even talked about it last year. Oh, man, the tulpa. Yeah, but they don't just see like a jolly Santa. Some people see like an evil Santa. Oh, that's terrible. Like a shadow person Santa was reported. Um, And a Santa with like a black face and red eyes. Oh, God. Uh, So people are starting to see like the the tulpas or whatever being creative of what the things people see are no longer uh, jolly old elves but more like something evil. Well, maybe that's inspired by the memories from when they were children and they were handed over to a perfect stranger (laughs) to sit on his lap. Yeah. So, I mean. Actually, one of the the guests we've had on the show, Lloyd Auerbach, they were talking to Lloyd about these different um, Santa sightings. And he's like, dude, he's like, Santa's not real. (laughs) If you saw something and... It like a like a demon Santa in your house. He goes, "That's a ghost or an alien." I mean, not with because Lloyd's a pretty reasonable guy. He's not like it's a ghost, but he's like, there is no jolly old elf delivering <laughs> presents. So it's something else pretending to be that form to trick you, right? And, <laughs> oh, and that's, creepier. I mean, that's a long time. That's a that's a long time tradition of parent like fairies and stuff dress up like your family members to trick you, and uh, the elves. And the whole kind of thing. So the idea that there's some kind of creature in your house dressed up like Santa to trick you, um, and that this is now a very, not necessarily frequent phenomenon, but people are reporting it now more than they ever have. It's just pretty sweet for Christmas. (laughs) Pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. Um, So doing the research, okay, what's some more strange Christmas traditions? Because we've covered the Christmas monsters. We've covered, obviously, Krampus. Right. In depth. We had a whole entire episode about Santa. Yep. We've also done ghost stories that happen around Christmas, talking about the tradition of of telling ghost stories on Christmas. We've talked about that. Talked about elves. Oh, yeah. And in (laughs) Iceland, 
you know, the L's and the crazy L's of Iceland, the 12 different ones, like the ones that lick your feet and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And now we're like, okay, so what's just some, what's just some weird traditions across the world? And the first tradition you always find when you just, even when you Google it, is going to be the Kaganer. And I don't know if I'm saying it right. I've actually spent a week with people that speak Spanish constantly. <laughs> I can't say it right. But this is Catalonian Spanish. Ah, okay. So, uh, and in Catalonia, that's where Barcelona is in Spain. Andorra, that tiny little country. And anyway, I just thought this was interesting because I'd never even heard of it before. So you know how you have a nativity scene? And nativity scene, you got baby Jesus. You got Mary, Joseph, maybe a shepherd and like animals looking on. <laughs> yes. The three kings who we'll talk about more in a little bit. And then uh, in nativity scenes in Catalonia, they've got like a farmer watching who's pulled his pants down and he's going number two. What? In the nativity scene. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy taking like a secret crap in the nativity scene. And the El Kaganer, the word, he literally means the crapper. Okay. was Yeah. (laughs) Did this start as a prank? Well, they, I mean, it's been going on since at least the 18th century. So the crapper has been around in Spanish nativity scenes (laughs) for at least 200 some years. (laughs) And like there is no, they have no real knowledge of the history or whatever. Like people have different theories. You know, they think it might be a man fertilizing the earth. So he's fertilizing the ground of the nativity scene for the health of body and peace of mind and the joy and happiness. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I was like, that's okay. That's one funny idea. See, to me, it just screams out like it's a prank. Somebody snuck over to the church, and put this in the scene when no one was looking. And then, you know, the next day people drive by and they're like, where'd that guy come from? And then it became a thing. <laughs> Right. Another anthropologist thinks that it's a celebration of the grotesque. Okay. Um, because that's part of Christianity, too. I mean, when you look at a cross, you just see the... I mean, a lot of churches just have regular crosses in them. But the, the churches all I went to had like a like a Jesus with the nails in his arm... I'm sorry, the nails in his hands and his feet and everything and the crucifixion is a you know a bloody oh. public execution and so this anthropologist maybe like it's another another way to celebrate the extremeness of god's love or, i none of these things yeah that's taking a dump in activity <laughs> come on thing. no way so i think it's prank probably a joke um, now in present day uh, Catalan, you can buy Kaganers that are, you know, um, like a, a modern celebrities. So you can That's buy like funny. a president, a president Trump Kaganer, oh, like man. to sneak in your nativity scene. Um, the different politicians in Spain, you know, celebrities and things. And so, I think it started out as a joke and then just became like a form of, like a public not. But a way to bring down the the mighty, you know, like yeah, it definitely humanizes it a bit. <laughs> yeah, because he just oh, it's just I'm like I'm looking at the picture right now, and it's a, just a dude, and it's got like his pants down, and you don't see like a turd hanging out or anything oh, like that. But the pants are down, you see the butt cheeks, and you're like, this is in the nativity. So I know that they do live nativity sometimes, 
And I don't. I'm trying to see if anybody's done a live Kagane. No. <laughs> if not, uh, Mike, you up for the task? I was gonna say, like, well, you could play Joseph. You can, you know, you can play one of the kings. And I'm like, no, I'll be the. Kag- You've been working on your squats a lot lately, so you know you gotta stand <laughs> still in the for a long time and just drop a deuce. Oh. Unbe- I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> but that's not the only Catalan pooping tradition. Oh no! What? Yeah, yeah. These guys are all about it. There's more. Tio de Nadal means the Christmas log. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, so they've got this like smiling log you can buy oh. and it stands up on like a two, two or four stick legs. It's got a big smiley face, a little like a Santa hat um, or the, a red sock hat that, you know, yeah. so they have, they have like traditional Spanish hats to this region. But starting on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, you give the log a little bit to eat every night. And so that means you drop like a little piece of candy or something in it every single night, and then you cover him with a blanket so he'll not be cold. And so the story is, before Christmas, the kids must take good care of the log, keeping it warm and feeding it so that it will crap out presents on Christmas Day. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard of this so, before. <laughs> right. Well, I was like, this is ridiculous. And like the Christmas log. So then on Christmas Day, uh, what happens is all the kids leave the room and they go to a, a, another ho- part of the house to pray. And then they ask the T.O. to deliver a lot of presents. Then what happens is in some places they, they put the log partly in the fireplace and then they order it to poop. <laughs> they feed it like a laxative or something. <laughs> I don't know how they order it to poop. Um, and then what happens is they lift up the blanket or whatever. And uh, then they have these little, you know, like little candies and gifts. It's it's almost like the pinata. Mm-hmm. You think about the pinata is full of candy and you beat it to death until, it, <laughs> you know, until it bleeds candy out for you. But cagatillo, also known as the crapping log, is what they popularly call it. Like the gaganer, we were talking about him. The crapper, and they sing a little song. Caga, and I'm not going to sing it in Spanish because I'm going to wreck it. And it's my, and I don't have a good uh, accent like I do my Arnold. But it's like it's, the words are like crap log, crap nougats, <laughs> hazelnuts, and tomato cheese. If you don't crap well, I'll hit you with a stick. Crap log. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so the uh, the Tio de Nadal. Uh, in Catalan, and what was the first thing that made me think of when I was reading about him is Hanky, the, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas <laughs> Pooh from South Park, and <clears throat> and I was like, okay, but that's just a, that's a maybe they the inspiration for that was the crapping log or whatever from Catalan. And so, if you guys aren't familiar with that South Park episode, it's about twenty years old now, so I can give you spoilers. <laughs> but in the original episode, you've got Kyle, who's the Jewish character in South Park. And they put him in the nativity play as St. Joseph. And his mother gets super mad because she's like, her kid shouldn't be forced to participate in a Christian production. And uh, she takes the case to the mayor and they shut down, like they shut down the Christmas production and everything because they said it should be religion free at the school. Which 20 years ago, you're like, oh, they, a public school having a nativity play seemed normal. Yeah. Now public schools don't even sing. Right. Christmas song. Yeah, we had a whole Christmas like pageant when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. 
I played Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, you did? Pageant. Yeah, Santa rides a jumbo jet. Oh, I please believe. tell me you have a picture of that somewhere. Oh, of course, I've, it's in there. Um, and I think, oh, so embarrassingly, <laughs> my mother gave it. So when I was dating, I was dating this Israeli girl for a long time, and one Christmas she comes home, and my mother takes a picture of takes a picture from when I was dressed up as Santa Claus or whatever. And she writes like on it in big marker, like here's Hanukkah Harry or something. Oh just, my gosh. And you know, the girl thought it was really funny and sweet, but I'm just like, oh, <laughs> uh. but the, uh, okay. So, um, I also, that was the first time I like tripped on stage because I was had to sing like six songs and the whole deal. And the Santa Claus costume was really, anyway, I fell on stage. Oh but I no. Still, I, in the middle of the song, but I still got up. I don't even think I missed a word. Well, see, some things um, never change. Some, right, some things <laughs> never change. So they go through this thing, and they, you know, they shut down the production and everything. But Kyle, he starts seeing this little poo, this little turd with a Santa hat fly around. And he says, I'm the spirit of Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And like, this is ridiculous. And only Kyle can see him. And, but everybody else can see, like, when he flies places, he leaves little poops on the, oh, like, on the side. And they think it's Kyle doing it. And that's the whole joke of it. Um, and they got some classic songs from that South Park episode that we still, you know, uh, Kyle's mom's a big fat bee is on there. Um, a Lonely Jew on Christmas, that's where it's from. Uh, Jesus singing happy birthday to himself. Uh, there's a little, like, all of that from that episode. But what I thought was interesting about it was that Mr. Hanky is the whole reason that South Park exists. Because uh, Trey Parker, the, the guy from when he was three years old, he wouldn't flush the toilet. And his father told him, if you don't flush the toilet, then the poo is going to come alive as Mr. Hanky oh, and no. kill you. And so that was... Oh my gosh. That was... That was what his father said. His father warned him, like, uh-uh, wow. Mr. Hanky the Pooh is going to come out of the toilet and kill you unless you flush him oh, down. There's a parenting technique for you, Mike. Right. But that's what all the, <laughs> I mean, when you think about parenting techniques, and we've talked about this in the past, especially in the, uh, with Krampus right. and Santa Claus. Oh, my God. I said that to my daughter today. She was getting naughty about it. She's like, huh, I don't know if Santa comes to naughty little girls. And I'm, you use that idea of these fantastical creatures um, torturing kids as a way to keep the kids well behaved. <laughs> and Mr. Hanky is no different than that. <clears throat> a singing lump of feces wearing Let's a Let's hope hat. that tulpa does not come to, t- <laughs> to life. <laughs> yes, let's hope. But um, So when Trey Parker and, and Matt Stone met in college, uh, he told them that story and they thought it was so funny that they're like, we have to make <laughs> We have to make a like an animated Christmas special, like the like the Peanuts Christmas special or Garfield Christmas or anything. I said we have to make a Mr. <laughs> Hanky Christmas special, and that was because they met at University of Colorado at Boulder, and that was their initial idea to work together as a team to have an animated special about Mr. Hanky, right. the Christmas Pooh. And I'm like, oh, that's so ridiculous. Like that, that's the whole reason we have South Park is because of this character who's just like their, this minor character in the show. But also, um, Mr. Hankey has a real life analog and that's the crapping log from Catalonia, Spain. So I really enjoyed the fact that um, there was new things about Christmas that I hadn't heard about when I you know doing research on this, on this particular episode. 
a couple other uh, just quick ones that I hadn't heard before. Have you ever heard about... Now, Wendy, your family's German, right? Yes. Yeah. So you got some German in there. And your mother was a German teacher? Correct. Yep. Okay. So did you guys ever have a Christmas pickle? <laughs> no, we, we did not have a Christmas pickle. I learned about this recently, too. I was surprised that I yeah. wasn't familiar with it. Right. Because they say it's a German tradition that there's a pickle hidden on the Christmas tree. And the whoever finds that pickle has good fortune for the you know, year, or they get a special piece of candy or something like that. That's cute. And they said it's a German tr- uh, tradition known as the uh, Weihnachtsgurke. <laughs> Gesundheit. I mean, that's <laughs> Christmas pickle. Uh, we used to have that as a boy. Oh, no. I always found the pickle. That's why I was such a, I found the pickle. <laughs> I had such good luck. No. Um, some people think that the Christmas pickle came as a... Uh, like they were importing glass Christmas tree decorations from Germany for the first time in like the 1890s. And people were using that as a, a, a like, I don't know, part of the marketing or whatever. Like, oh, your family can have the Christmas pickle. Something that's fun to do mm, with the kids. Yeah, okay. Kind of idea. But no, just some families have a Christmas <laughs> pickle. And Berrien Springs, Michigan was known as the Christmas pickle capital of the world. And they would have a pickle parade from 1992 to 2003. So... It's, I guess that the tradition's still not going strong, but uh, when I heard about the German tradition of the Christmas pickle, I'm like, what? I got to hear about this. And then I'm like, no, uh, not <laughs> yeah. even a thing. It's funny, so. but they have cute little ornaments that you can buy that look like a pickle, a very you know decorative pickle <laughs> with glitter sure. and whatnot. So I think that, that sounds like a fun little tradition, especially if you have little kids, they like to hunt for things. So it's, that would be a cute thing to do. Yeah. As long as the pickle's green and not brown, then it's uh, Mr. Hanky on your tree. <laughs> I was looking for more on this specific tradition. So on St. Nick's Day in Guatemala, uh, the Guatemalans create a mound of dirt that's topped with a paper mache effigy of the devil, and they stuff it with firecrackers. And then they blow up the devil in the Christmas season. And I couldn't find too many more things about it except a couple of like infographics and things. But I just thought that was like fun, like blowing up the devil, and then while the devil burns, they sweep the house and they're supposed to brush away the, the bad stuff in their lives in time for Christmas. Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I thought that was that was a, a nice tradition. Um, also, it may be another way for parents to get kids to clean the house. <laughs> be like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna sweep out the devil. <laughs> and especially right at that time when they're being watched because if they're not good, they're not going to get presents. Right. So all these specific things for, for children's behavior. Oh, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Because the thing is, they can grow up with bad behavior. And then you're going to get things like the SantaCon. Have you ever heard about the SantaCon? No. Okay. So I knew that there was something called like Santarchy or Santanarchy <laughs> oh, no. kind of okay. thing. And it's like a pub crawl where everybody oh, dresses up like wow. Santa's. So this article came out, uh, yeah, just yesterday at like nine o'clock. And so the SantaCon's in New York. Uh, it originally started in... Um, San Francisco, they had something called Santa Rampage, which was like an event that they started in the early 1990s. Okay. And people would just go out and party in the streets dressed like Santa Claus. (laughs) And it expanded to Portland. It became Santa Con. And actually, uh, Chuck Palahniuk, um, the guy that wrote Fight Club, he was one of the original founders of Santa Con in Portland. And they, they tried to make it sound nice by calling it like a convention or whatever. But it really hasn't been very nice because uh, like yesterday in New Jersey, um, 14 people were arrested 
all dressed like Santa Claus. So this is just this is just this Saturday night. A Middletown, New York man was charged with aggravated assault for dislocating a cop's thumb during a brawl, uh, but pr- was processed and released in another in time for another round of drinks. So he started early, went to jail, got out of jail, and still was able to go out all in a Santa suit. <laughs> Uh, a, Staten, <laughs> a Staten Island man dressed like Santa was hit with assault charges after he punched a, a sergeant in the jaw. Oh. Two officers had to be taken to the hospital after getting a lot of blood on them from combatants in a fight at a Johnny Rockets in Hoboken. Wow. Jeez. And he had a running list of arrests on his Twitter feed. Dozens of citations for public drinking and urination. And uh, the Hoboken mayor describes it as, he's like, we are grateful to the Hoboken Police Department and all first responders for their hours of hard work keeping Hoboken safe. While I encouraged our proactive stance with the Hoboken PD in addressing SantaCon, yield a decrease in participating bars, overall participants, arrests, and ordinance violations from last year, it continues to be a detriment to our city. Wow, man, that's sad. Yeah, so people just go to SantaCon, I mean, they just get wasted. So, and they all happen like the same night. So in Portland, New York, let's see, also in London, Oakland. Um, I know we had like a Santarchy, like a Santa rampage, Santanarchy or whatever in Madison, but I'd never seen it in the street. Well, there is a Santa run, I know, okay. and it's usually the first weekend of December where they, it's up by the Capitol Square and they, um, when you register for it, it's like a 5K. Okay. You get to pick if you want to be Santa or an elf, and then they give you the hat and everything to wear. All right, well, that sounds nice. So if you see a, a like a huge crowd of Santas, then usually I would presume that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think it's quite as like focused on partying and destruction. It's more just like a fun, fun run kind of thing. Yeah, because what these guys are doing sounds like deadly. <laughs> right. 14... 14- 14 Santas arrested in New Jersey on Saturday night. And the thing is, when you read people's reports about it, they talk about, yeah, I was going out in New York on Saturday night and there was all these like Santa signs with like a cross through them, like no Santa's allowed. That's so weird. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And like people getting kicked out of different bars, um, just dressed like Santa Claus. So it's just a, anyway, Santa rampage. (laughs) It's happening. And this is another weird tradition. Like a weird tradition of like everybody dress up like Santa Claus, go out and get wasted, <laughs> you know, um, in yeah. December. So that's a lot of fun. <laughs> but public partying for Christmas. In Norway, they trick or treat on Christmas. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's cool. That does sound nice. So they, they carol for sweets. And um, then also if the adults come along, they get a, they get a drink at every okay. house. Which... Who's going to complain about that? Sounds totally sweet. <laughs> because when I go trick-or-treating, I do not get a beer at every no. house we go but to. But there are neighborhoods that do that, I understand. Um, are there any around here? Because I'm going. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll we'll have to find the neighborhoods that, where uh, the adults get beer. Or other drinks. So speaking of public festivals, one of the things when I was in Puerto Rico last week is that I didn't see a lot of Santa costumes or like Santa pictures, whatever, but you see a lot of three kings. So a lot of the the three kings in the nativity scene, which I think is interesting that um, we call them kings because like in the Bible, they're never called kings anywhere. Hmm. They're just called like, it doesn't even say how many show up. Really? It just, yeah. In the Bible, there's only one gospel that mentions them and just says like, Three, uh, or it just says a bunch of dudes came from the east to worship the king of the Jews, and they gave three gifts. 
So it does mention the three gifts, the frankincense, gold, myrrh. Mm-hmm. That's in there. But it doesn't mention the number or where they're from. And it calls them wise men, not kings. Huh. So it's been in the time since that we've like given them names and everything. Um, Melchior is a Persian scholar, and he's supposed to represent the Middle East. Casper and uh, Balthazar, a ah, Babylonian scholar. Okay. But then, like, Casper, I believe, is supposed to represent uh, India. So he represents India, Melchior, um, the Middle East, and then Balthazar is supposed to represent Babylonia and King of Arabia. But what's funny is that, like, they still have those traditions where these, these guys dress up at the three kings at these big parties, and, like, in certain areas of the world, like, they, they call it blacking up. They'll do the blackface on the character, and they'll do that in, in Spain and everything when they dress up like the three kings for the party. And you know about the 12 days of Christmas, yes. right? All right. I even know the song. And it starts on, right, starts on Christmas Day, and it goes to the Epiphany, and that's like on December 5th. And that's when the Magi were supposed to have shown up in Bethlehem to say hi to Jesus. So... And the nativity scenes actually, like, they kind of mash, mash up the 12 days of Christmas in one day. Like, when he was born, the kings weren't already there. Uh, okay, right. So you have these three guys who, in the Bible says, just came from the east in order to uh, worship the king of the Jews. And that's what they said in the Bible. Now, the, the reason they use the term magi is because if they saw a star in the sky and could, like, figure out... Uh, where the Christmas star of Bethlehem was, and follow it all the way there. At the time, astrology was considered a science. And so magi, it didn't mean like a magician like it does today. It just meant a wise man. So the astrologer who, was found, uh, like who could fee- see a weird uh, star formation in the sky and follow it would be someone they consider like a, a wise man. Ah, okay. So the magi represent that. And then you pick the three guys out of there that are supposed to represent three different large land masses— um, Balthazar, Mel- Melchior, and Gaspar. What's uh, interesting, though, is that they don't get the idea of kings until, like, the Middle Ages. Because uh, there's other parts of the Bible that say, like, you know, all the kings of the world will bow down before Jesus. So um, they said, well, this is the first example of the three kings showing up. And now that's just, like, a very popular way to refer to it. And the day that they showed up, Three Kings Day, that's like a huge party in Latin America and where I just was in Puerto Rico. And so you have like a huge uh, town square with like the statues of the three kings and paintings of the three Uh. kings on the wall and three kings on all the Christmas, like just the kings on the Christmas decorations. And I mean, they had plenty of other stuff too, the Christmas trees and things, but really was a lot more focus on those dudes than we have in any of our stuff here in like Wisconsin. And that's because the tradition there is everybody has a big party on Three Kings Day. Okay. And so that was the original day that the kids got presents. Was that? So like in Europe, the traditional day was usually St. Nick's. Then it eventually became Christmas. And here it was the original day they got was on Three Kings Day. And now most people do the Christmases on uh, the Christmas presents on December 25th. And the kids get... Uh, like little trinkets and candies and stuff like that on Three Kings Day, like we would get for St. Nick's. And so uh, I thought, well, that's an interesting and a different tradition, especially to figure like, oh, they weren't even called kings in the Bible and everything. But something 
weird that I was saw when looking up things on Three Kings Day, weird Three Kings, Three Kings rituals, anything like that. Was now, Wendy? You remember Charlie? Charlie? Oh yeah, the Charlie, the Charlie, Charlie challenge. <laughs> yes, the Charlie, Charlie challenge. That was where you would like take two pencils and put it over a like piece of paper and the the pencils would pretend to move on their own and you would ask this charlie charlie character if he could tell you your future and we did a whole episode on charlie charlie and like the bloody mary rituals that you'd do as you were a kid we'd stand in front of the mirror and say bloody mary three times and then you're supposed to see someone you know sitting behind you well on reddit a couple of years ago somebody posted under this, like, it's like Reddit slash don't try this at home or something like that. This, this elaborate ritual. So he said it was a relatively safe way in which you can access the shadow side. Ooh. Like, what? And he called it the Three Kings ritual. And the rules are very specific. And there's a good write-up on this on Week and Weird uh, as well. And we'll link that in the show notes. But they just copy the instructions and everything. Let me tell you what the instructions are. Your very large, empty, and quiet room, preferably without windows. If we have windows in there, try to cover them up and have total darkness. Basements are fine. A pack of candles and a lighter. A bucket of water and a mug. A fan. Two large mirrors like the one on your dresser. Three chairs. An alarm clock. A cell phone. A loved one willing to follow the rules and go along with it. And a small toy or a dear object from your childhood. Automatically, this is like the longest thing in history. <laughs> That's a lot, of, a lot of requirements. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And here's how the setup is. You start setup around 11 p.m., place one chair in the center of the room facing north. Place the other two chairs to the left and the right facing your throne. The distance between your throne and that of your queen and your fool should be about the length of your <laughs> arm to each side, more or less. Okay. All right, there's the king idea. The king's... Uh, the, you know, the queen fool. Place the two large mirrors on the queen and the fool chairs on the left or right of you facing you and each other. Try your best to have them stand at a 90 degree angle. If you sit on your throne facing straight ahead, you should be able to perceive your own reflection in each of the two mirrors without actually having to turn your head or your eyes to do so. So being able to see your head in the peripheral vision. If you see your own reflection in the corner of your eye, you've just done it right. Place the bucket of water in the mug in front of you. Place the fan behind you and turn it on. Don't set it to maximum power. Medium or low is enough. All right. Now. Turn off the lights, leave the door open, and go to your bedroom. Set the candles by the side of the bed next to a lighter. Set your alarm clock for 3.30. Turn off the lights and sleep while holding the object that is very dear to you from childhood. Okay. <laughs> Wake up at 3.30 a.m. with your alarm clock. Turn it off, but don't turn on the light. You have exactly three minutes to light your candle, grab your cell phone, and make your way to the dark room to sit in your throne. You should be seated by 3.33. Don't forget your special object. If your cell phone didn't charge, abort the mission. If your alarm didn't go exactly at 3.30, abort the mission. If you find the dark room door closed, remember you left it open, abort the mission. If the fan is turned off, abort the mission. So this is all him saying, like, if, this, if things aren't perfect, you uh, Side note, if you have to abort the mission and do any of the above, leave the house with your loved one, go to a hotel or something. There's no need to run. You have time to grab a jacket or your keys, but leave. And after 6 a.m., the coast should be clear. Okay. If all going is planned, you can proceed and take your throne. Do not look directly at either of the two mirrors <laughs> beside you. Do not let the candle go oh my out. Gosh. The fan is behind you. You must protect the candle with your body, standing in between the candle and the fan. 
Look straight ahead at the darkness, not at the candle, not at the mirrors, just straight ahead. I didn't say during setup which chair was queen and which chair was the fool. That's because it's your job to find out. And from their point of view, you are either their queen or their fool too. Hence, the three kings. That's very complex. I think maybe we could even have a whole episode just... uh... (laughs) Just based on doing that like we do it ourselves. Run an experiment. But people were doing it on YouTube... Like people set up a, um, they said they, uh, they take like an hour and 34 minutes. Uh, oh, this is where the loved one comes in. Your loved one is backup number two. At 434, the loved one has to come in the room and call your name. If that won't work, she has to call your cell phone. If that won't work, she has to grab the glass of water in the bucket. She can't touch you though. That's a newbie mistake. Backup number three, your, your power item. <laughs> um, it says it will show you the way if the crap hits the fan. Man, it's intense. All right. So people saw weird things in the mirrors. Here's what one guy says. After a few minutes of nothing happening, I hear something from the darkness towards the door. It's a faint singing in a language I can't understand, and the blackness turns into a mass of shadows that look like people. They're all marching from the right to the left like they're on parade, and as they pass, I can't help but feel elated. I notice a second noise. The sound of someone writing something down, a scratchy sound, like someone using one of those old quill pens. I wanted to ask what I was writing down, but I was too afraid that the answer to go through ah. with it, especially when the room was full of moving shadows. It said my name and then started listing off every good deed I've ever done in my life. Big, small, valiant, accidental, all of them. Even ones I'd done when I was a little boy and forgotten about. And as the voice listed those things off, the writing on my right resumed. When my girlfriend called for me, both voices said goodbye, the shadows and music faded away, and I heard the chair scrape against the wood floor. So um, another guy felt like crying on his own cheek but he wasn't crying wow. then his um girlfriend his girlfriend actually used the bucket of water on him <laughs> uh the candle started flickering in one room i mean some people some of see the spirit it's like see something manifesting besides them and what i think is interesting though is all right so obviously what this guy did was he posts something to reddit like a place where things go viral and people do weird things and they talk to each other about it and they describe the stories. And so he posts this to Reddit. And it's like trying to create a, uh, a magical ritual. So then you have this magic ritual. And we, we've talked before uh, on the show how the, like, the ritual is the really important part. You know what I mean? So um, Dean Radin said, in order to achieve that state of gnosis... You've got to do the ritual, whether it's just meditating. He talks about that real magic. He's like, whether it's meditating or um, burning the sigil or whatever, it's the ritual that makes the magic work. So this guy designs a ritual where people have a mirror set up. They go through these elaborate things and they all go downstairs at the same time. And he tries to set it up so you see people in the mirror who are doing the same thing as you. So I thought that was a really cool idea. <laughs> yeah. Now, he makes it sound spooky, so people do it. <laughs> okay. And, and so, so it's like a Bloody yeah. Mary thing or a Charlie Charlie thing. And then he throws it out into the world and, and see who does it. And, but the, the idea is, I mean, the stuff we've talked about on the show, if, let's say, Wendy, we, had, we knew 50 people who did this whole thing. And then at 3.30 in the morning, they all got in there and focused on hoping to find something in the mirrors or see something weird in the mirrors, um, you might just be seeing the other person. 
in, you know, in the mirror who's doing the same ritual. It's not necessarily uh-huh. evil or anything like that. Like the story we told actually sounded like he was having a life review. Or yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> oh, it's pretty cool. But no, I thought that was really interesting when I was looking. I was like, oh, well, what's some of the fun things they do during Three Kings? <laughs> and it's like, oh, they have a party. Sometimes the guy goes in blackface, but since their tradition doesn't have the same kind of American tradition of racist blackface, it's not this, like we'd see that today. We'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but they didn't have, you know, they don't have, they didn't have minstrelry. You know, in Puerto Rico or Spain, they didn't have the the minstrels who would um, be white guys that dressed up and sing like black songs, which is a and do blackface. What a weird yeah, tradition. So strange. I mean, that makes like minstrelry seems like the band Kiss seemed normal. Like, <laughs> you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, they had their fun outfits and the crazy stuff, and they weren't dressing up to like make fun of like an entire race of people. So no, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. And then I'm like, Oh, the King cake. That's where you get this like cake with some sugar on top. And there's a little baby inside. Oh, pla- a little plastic baby. L- little plastic. <laughs> it's not a real, you don't really eat a baby with King cake. I hope. No, you don't, you don't eat the plastic baby either. <laughs> I mean, I hope you don't, but that's supposed to be luck. And they do that in the New Orleans too. It's, it's really a French tradition. But it also, it's all through the places that celebrate the three kings. And so they, they'll eat that on the 12th night, the Epiphany Day, the day when the Magi show up. And they'll do that. I'm like, oh, that's fun. And I think the whole luck thing, if you, get, if you find the baby, is a lot of fun. Because we never did that when I was a kid. But then you're like, oh, yeah. And there's this also weird magical ritual <laughs> called three kings. That's, <laughs> like, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. So that was kind of a fun thing yeah. to about when I was doing research. And, you know, Christmas is always going to be a weird holiday. Because it was designed so that the pagans would have an easier time becoming Christians. Because in Europe, it gets cold, and they traditionally would have parties to make the winter not seem so bad. And so they would have the Yule Festival around the winter solstice, where it is the, you know, the darkest night of the year. And it was designed for that specific reason. And so then when they were trying to convert them to Christianity... What they did was, is they're like, you know what? We're going to put a party on the Yuletide. So it doesn't even have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to give up your party. Right. You can just keep carrying on with your festivities. Right. Except (laughs) now we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus because the birth of Jesus originally, like they estimate it might have been in September or something like that. So they they moved it to Christmas. (laughs) They moved it to Christmas. Like we, they moved it to December. solstice time. Yeah. So it'd be around the solstice. And besides the party aspect of it, the sacredness of uh, the holiday wasn't as big of a deal in the early Christian church as Mm. it is today. Um, It was just meant to be a party because the big Christian holiday is Easter. Right. That's where, I mean, when you go to Catholic Mass, you you go through the entire story of the crucifixion in every single Mass. Wow. And um, it's not like, I mean... Well, we'll talk about the Easter mess, but I mean, so obviously that's the big deal of Christianity. So when people say like, put the Christ back in Christmas, well, he was never really there (laughs) in the first place, but it's good to, I mean, it's good to remember um, the spirit of giving and it's nothing wrong with with, uh, wanting to celebrate in the way the traditions have come through and and going to church and, and doing the whole thing. But, you know, people creating a culture war for it, you know. To the, you know, the conservative versus liberal kind of thing. It's, it's funny because like I was looking up different, okay, weird things, Christmas devil, Christmas demon, like all these things you do when you work on a research for a show about weird Christmas. 
And there's a whole bunch of different churches now that don't even want to celebrate Christmas because they think of it as a pagan holiday, because it's a holiday that was designed after uh, the Bible was like okay. created, was created during this thing to celebrate the Yule and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of Christian churches that are like, it's a demon holiday. It can be traced back to the origin of Babylon, the seat of idolatry. And so he's, he explains like, it wasn't even in winter, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right. But there's a whole bunch of different essays on why Christmas is evil. And so it might be. And so if you feel like Christmas is evil, then drink some eggnog and chill out. It'll all be... <laughs> It'll all be fine. <laughs> It'll be over It'll soon. Be <laughs> well, that's interesting. That's a lot of stuff that I hadn't heard of before, and I'm surprised because we've discussed Christmas weirdness at length, and there's still things to find out. So thanks for the research on that. You bet. I was ex- I was excited to see so much uh, new weirdness that we hadn't found before, and um, especially Christmas and pooping. Who knew? Wow. That's uh, special. And on that note, we thought it would be fun this year to take a Christmas standard and make our own weird version of it. So for your holiday listening enjoyment, here's Sunspot's version of Sleigh Ride. listening to today's episode you can find us online at othersidepodcast.com until next time see you on the other side mike what do you have on your christmas wish list my christmas wish list i would love to uh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) sorry i put you on the spot see see how it feels (laughs) well i was thinking of a group of people that Deserves a okay. lot of presents from Santa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're definitely on the nice list. They're on the nice yes, plus and that list. that is our awesome, awesome Patreon community. 
Yes, otherwise known as the coolest people we know, the people we hope have the merriest Christmas of all. And Festivus uh, the, for the rest of us. Yes, enjoy Festivus. Enjoy your three kings. Um, we're going to try to get in a hangout before the end of the year with our Patreon community. Um, if you're interested in talking more, maybe we can talk about the weird Christmas traditions that your family has, and we'd love to be able to do that in person. Definitely. The end of the year is coming up, and I think it's going to be really fun to wrap up and talk about our favorite moments from 2018 so we'll be doing that just before the new year and you can join us if you'd like to if you're not a patreon member yet you can still sign up and join us for that hangout how do they do that they can just go to othersidepodcast.com slash donate that's othersidepodcast.com slash donate jump in uh join the patreon community and join our facebook community we can talk about weird stuff join our (laughs) hangouts and so many places to join right we love it. And that, so, so the thing is, um, it's a, a special group of people that enjoy uh, taking the fun we have on Other Side Podcast, paranormal, music, pop culture, all that stuff, and just going that extra mile. And we'd love for you to be part of it. And we want to give a special holiday shout out to our Patreon member, Ned. That's right. Dr. Ned pledges us at a level that he gets this custom shout out every episode. And we sure do appreciate that support, Ned. Thank you. Merry Christmas, sir. It's uh, It's been a great year and we're looking forward to an even awesomer 2019. See you down the chimney. (laughs) All right, that's a wrap. Christmas pickle. Uh, we used to have that as a boy. I always found the. That's why I was such a. I found the pickle. I had such good luck. <laughs>